0: Have you ever been haunted by a ghost? Okay, maybe not a ghost. Have you ever been haunted by a dream? I was. I was in the second grade, and I was haunted by this reoccurring nightmare. Now, all of you psychology majors are going to start to analyze me here, but, but this was my dream. I would be sitting in the middle of a village, and a messenger would come up to me and say, your whole family's been captured, they're being held in a castle by a witch, and you're the only one who can save them. And so I'd start to trudge through the woods, this is, this is a real dream, okay, this really happened. I'd start to trudge through the woods until I came to this huge stone castle surrounded by lava. And the only way to get past this lava was to crawl through a tunnel. But it wasn't just any tunnel. This was a hairy tunnel and it terrified me. I mean, yeah, I was, I was kind of scared about my parents being locked away and I was kind of scared of the witch, but I was terrified of the hairy tunnel. And it always happened the same way. I'd get about halfway through the tunnel and then I'd wake up, still traumatized from this hairy, creepy stuff that had been all around me. And every single time that I had this dream, I would run to my parents' room and say, Daddy, because he was the real softy in the family, I'd say, Daddy, I had a bad dream and I can't go to sleep. Actually, I had a lisp at the time, so it came out more like, Daddy, I can't go to sleep because I had a bad dream. But he would open up one eye and his hand would come out from the covers and land on my head and he'd start to rub my head and he'd pray, Dear Jesus, please help need to fall asleep and give her sweet dreams. Amen. And you know how much that prayer helped me? Not one bit. (laughs) I didn't want my dad to pray with me. I wanted him to move over so I could crawl into bed with him and my mom. But I'd always trudge back to my room thinking I'd be a bad Christian if I told him his prayer didn't work. That dream haunted me around the clock. It still scares me now when I think about it at night. So I ask you again, are you haunted by something? Do you believe in ghosts? John Wesley did. In fact, he and his family named the ghost that they thought lived in their house. Any time they heard a weird noise or something seemed strange, they'd say, oh, that's just Jeffrey. You know, I don't know whether or not those types of ghosts exist. But I do know of one ghost that is very real. And that's the ghost of my past. Are you haunted by something? Do you have painful memories of the past that no one else knows about? When when you're very quiet, when you're all by yourself, do you have a ghost that comes alongside of you and brings up memories that you would just as soon forget? These ghosts bring feelings of intense guilt and intense pain and they have the ability to haunt our relationships, our schoolwork, our self-esteem. I think there are at least two different kinds of ghosts. There is the ghost of regret, and there's the ghost of pain. The ghost of regret is what you get when you feel really guilty about something that you've done. Maybe you feel a lot of guilt about the way you treated your parents back when you were in high school. Or perhaps you feel guilty about a relationship that was very important to you that you ruined somehow. If you have a ghost of regret, you're not alone. I think everybody gets these ghosts every now and then. Even famous Christians. In fact, Dwight L. Moody was a famous evangelist in the late 1800s. He claimed to have been haunted by a ghost of regret for his entire life. Six years before he died, he recounted the story of what happened in Chicago in the fall of 1871. He writes, On Sunday night, October 8th, I was preaching to the largest congregation I'd ever had in Chicago, quite elated with my success. My text was, what shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? That night, I made one of the biggest mistakes of my life. After preaching, with all the power that God had given me urging Christ upon the people, I closed the sermon and said, I wish you would take this text home with you and turn it over in your minds during the week. And next Sunday, we will come to Calvary and the Cross and decide what to do with Jesus. Just at that moment, a fire bell rang nearby. He quickly dismissed the people and evacuated the building. It was the start of the great Chicago fire which over the next 27 hours left 300 people dead, 90,000 homeless in a great city in ashes. Obviously, Moody never got to finish his sermon. He continues, I have never seen that congregation since. I have hard work to keep back the tears today. 22 years have passed away, and I will never meet those people again until I see them in another world. And then he says this, I would rather have my right hand cut off than to give an audience a week to decide what to do with Jesus. Dwight L. Moody was haunted by a ghost. Maybe you're not haunted by a ghost of regret. Maybe you're haunted by a ghost of pain. Maybe your parents never told you that they loved you. Maybe you've experienced some form of physical, emotional, or sexual abuse. And that ghost haunts every single relationship that you've ever had. I have a lot of big ghosts in my life that I can't share with you from up here. There is a ghost, though, a smaller ghost of pain, that began haunting me when I was in the 10th grade and continues to have an influence on who I am today. My fiance John knows about this ghost, my family knows about this ghost, and after today you'll know about this ghost as well. But my sophomore year of high school, I went through a pretty serious depression. The kind where you lose a lot of weight, sleep all the time, don't enjoy life. And what happened was i had had, through a freak accident, I'd had a nerve severed in my lower back. And every two weeks I had to go into the hospital for some form of treatment. I remember the third time I came back from hospi- From the hospital, I returned to school, and my best friend came up to me and said, where were you, Mandy? I told her I had been in the hospital, and she said, oh, and before I could say anything else, she walked away. Now, that, that might not sound like a big deal to you, but it was to me. I wasn't wanting people to send balloons to my hotel room, to my hospital room. I wasn't wanting flowers mailed to my house. All I wanted was a group of friends that would support me. I wanted people that would be there for me besides my parents. And I remember thinking, oh, that's all I get from my best friend? And the thought went through my head that if my best friend doesn't care about me, why should anybody else? And I made myself a promise that day, after my third hour class. I told myself that from then on, I would just keep my feelings to myself. That it would be easier to keep what I was dealing with inside rather than put it out there and risk getting hurt. And so that day I put up an emotional wall and took on a ghost of pain. Now, some of you right now might be kind of laughing to yourselves, just going, come on, Mandy, that type of stuff happens all the time. You're just too sensitive. And, you know, maybe I am too sensitive. And I know that type of stuff happens all the time. But it doesn't change the fact that I have a ghost of pain. It's always scary to tell somebody what you're haunted by, because there's a chance that they might not believe in your ghost. That was five years ago, and that ghost still affects who I am today. I can hang out with tons of people and have tons of fun, but it takes me a very long time to be able to open up to somebody really share with them who I am. Anytime someone would come up to me and say, how you feeling, Mandy? My initial response would be, can I I trust you with how I'm really feeling? Ghosts of pain and ghosts of regret are very common. In fact, I'm sure everybody here could think of something that they're haunted by. Actually, the Bible is full of ghost stories. And there's one that I'd like to focus on today. It's a story that revolves around Peter. And before we go any further, I'd like to share with you a little bit of background information. Peter was the only disciple who walked on water. He was the only disciple that said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter was the only disciple who pledged his undivided loyalty to Jesus, saying, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Peter was the only disciple who said, I'm not worthy of a foot wash. He was the only disciple who said, I will lay down my life for you. Peter was the only disciple who denied Christ. Matthew 26 recounts the story. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said. But he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them, for your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and he wept bitterly. Peter had a ghost of regret. I wonder how many times a ghost came up alongside of him and whispered in his ear, what are you doing in the ministry, Peter? I know who you are, you denied Christ. Why don't you just go back to fishing? Can you imagine the guilt he must have felt? Jesus himself said, whoever denies me before man, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Yet, somehow, from the time Peter denies Christ to the time where he preaches a sermon of a lifetime in Acts 2, sometime in this time span, Peter manages to find the grace of God to find freedom from his ghost. And that same freedom is available to you, and it's available to me this very day. The first step in overcoming your ghost is to acknowledge it. Simply name it. Ghosts only grow in the dark, and the more you can shed light upon it and call out what it is that you're being haunted by, the more it'll have to shrink. I don't know, maybe you'll have to introduce your ghost to a close friend. Sarah, this is depression. Depression, meet Sarah. The more light you can shed on your ghost, the better. The second step in overcoming your ghost is to starve it. Now, I've discovered the secret to starving ghosts, it's rather quite profound. If you want to starve a ghost, you have to stop feeding it. Simple enough, you want something to starve, you quit giving it food. But you can't do that on your own. You can't withhold food by yourself. That's where you need the power of God to come in and show you how to keep from feeding the ghost. Let me show you how it works. When I first started dating John, I had a pretty big ghost. There. Even drew a scary face on this one. And John could come up to me and say, Are are you feeling okay, Mandy? Mandy? "'Remember what happens when you get too close.'" And I'd say, "'Yeah, yeah, John, I'm I'm fine, thanks.'" And I'd feed my ghost. Every time I put up that emotional wall, the ghost was just getting bigger and bigger. And so he'd say something like, "'Okay, then why are you crying?' (laughs) And I'd go, "'I'm just so happy we're together.'" (laughs) but it finally got to the point where I realized it was either the ghost or it was John this was, getting, this was getting in the way I couldn't get any closer to John with this ghost here and so I began to acknowledge my ghost I began to tell John about it and it was scary I, I started telling him about things that had hurt me and what was going on inside of my head and and slowly the ghost started to shrink No, it's still there, but it's much smaller than what it was five years ago. I'm looking forward to the day when this ghost will deflate. Notice it's still here. It's impossible to kill a ghost. It's impossible for me to ever remove the fact that I was hurt in high school. I mean, that, that's just a fact, that's what happened. It is possible, however. So get your ghost down to a size where you can just slip it in your pocket and it's not there on your shoulder, reminding you of your past every single time you turn around. I ask you again, are you haunted by something? Do you have a ghost of regret? Maybe you wasted your life before you came to Christ, and you live with the thought, "If only I would have just dot dot dot." Maybe you said no to an opportunity that you know was from the Lord. Maybe you have a ghost of regret from the way you treated that girl back in high school. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's an eating disorder. Maybe you're haunted by the thought, if they really knew who I was. Maybe it's a ghost of pain. Someone close to you hurt you. Some guy used you and threw you away like a Kleenex. And that ghost haunts every single relationship that you've had since then. Maybe your ghost of pain comes from a parent's divorce. Maybe somebody told you when you were little that you were stupid, and that ghost haunts your schoolwork and your self-esteem to this very day. There are millions of ghosts, ones I haven't even touched on today, but you know what your ghost is. You know what it is that's haunting you. We said earlier that the first step in overcoming your ghost was to acknowledge it. We wanna give you a chance to do that this morning there's something in your life that you are being haunted by, will you just stand where you are and by standing say, God I acknowledge that I have a past that's haunting me that I cannot stop feeding without your help if that's you, if you're being haunted, will you just stand thank you thanks thank you If someone nearby you is standing, if you would just reach a hand out and let them know that you're there as we bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a God of freedom and a God of peace. Lord, we come before you as children today saying that we are sinful and that we're tormented by our past. We acknowledge that before you, Jesus, and ask that you will give us your power and your grace to show us how to starve off these ghosts so that we might be the children of light and freedom that you created us to be. It's in your name that we pray, amen. Go with God.